Okay, this is Calvin, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You've accessed the Black Talk Radio Show, and we're presenting you with social commentary from an African-American perspective. One thing that I must let you know is that the views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this program and others, please log on to KUCI.org. Okay, um, I have a young man who will be calling in hopefully in a minute or so. His name is Greg Tate, and uh, he's going to be here uh, Friday for the UCI Urban Music concert tomorrow. I mean, Friday and Saturday, and uh, we're real excited about that. And uh, we just want to give you guys uh, a little bit of information from him directly as to what it is that uh, he's going to be excited about in terms of coming here. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been following up with these uh, events that happen here on campus, but there's a lot of things that are going on. And I think they're definitely going to be productive in terms of giving you some some outlets and also some looks at the things that are going on in this world of ours. And I think that this, I don't, I don't know if I said it was black urban music, but it is black urban music. And I think it's so important because we do have a, a black population here on campus, both in the, um, with the student body and the administration as well. And there's some things you might not be aware of that you might uh, feel that you need to be privy to, and you'll get that opportunity on this weekend. Hold on just a minute. I think this is Greg here. Hey, Greg, um, I'm going to patch you in right away because we've already started. Hello? Yeah, I'm here, brother. So how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How's it going? Oh, it's going real well. Uh, I was just yeah. uh, giving them a, you know, a heads up in terms of the conference this weekend, Friday and Saturday, and letting them yeah. know that you're, you know, the... Um, I don't think I said it yet, but you are the keynote speaker at the conference, and also you're going to be doing a, a panel discussion, leading a panel discussion. Uh, both of those things are going to take place on Saturday. So let me let me just tell you and the audience as well what was on the website. I don't know if they accessed it or not, and I don't yeah. think you did. So let me just read that to you. Greg Tate, recognized as one of the godfathers of hip-hop journalism, for his extensive work on the genre's cultural, economic, political, and social ramifications, will grace KUCI's Black Talk radio show with his presence on Wednesday, February 25th, 2015, from 4 o'clock to 4.30 p.m. He will also be the keynote speaker for this weekend of UCI's Black Urban Music Conference, which features Burnt Sugar, an improvisational music ensemble he established in 1999. Having personally dialogued with the likes of Richard Pryor, Miles Davis, Erica Badu, Sade, Ornette Coleman, Henry Threadgill, among others, and having written over five books and a plethora of works published in periodicals such as the Washington Post, the New York Times, Essence, and Downbeat magazines, you certainly want, don't want to miss the inspirationally informative interaction that this writer, musician, producer, and authentic stand-up cat will provide. Okay, man, that's you. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, as I as I was telling the audience before you called, man, I'm I'm real excited to have you on board uh, because I think it's so important that uh, on this campus, especially, there's a lot of things going on in terms of uh, the relationships between the different cultures that exist here, and I think okay. this is going to be a, a perfect way to to introduce to some and to remind others, you know, of what we as a, a, a black people uh, contribute to the well-being of the planet, you know, and I think this is going to mm-hmm. be an, a, mm-hmm. a perfect opportunity for them to witness that. And so I'm real excited about it, and I hope you are as well. So why don't you just give us a little bit of, of an idea of what um, you feel that will happen on Friday and Saturday for this conference? What did, I mean, what, what, when, you, when you got invited, what, what was your sense? Well, um, I looked at uh, the information that uh, Professor Nicole Mitchell, uh-huh. the organizer, sent out um, around uh, looking at this, this uh, question around the music we produce in the urban setting. Okay. Um, and, you know, um, and that's uh, already a global conversation. <laughs> you know, sure. that's already a diasporic uh-huh. conversation. Um, that's already a conversation about how all these forms of music uh, that, that uh, have come out of the, the African-American experience um, have gone around the world and helped to build and strengthen and heal co- other communities of color in crisis. Right, exactly. you know, and particularly to to um, create um, a way out of uh, a, a certain kind of social abyss, a certain kind of social death, social erasure, erasure mm-hmm, for yeah. uh, the younger people, right, in those right. cultures, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so, what I wanted to, what I am going to be addressing, is what I call the gospel of black musical collectivity. You know, uh, the way in which the collective utterance and uh, participation in the creation of, of, of musical identity and uh, musical expression is a thing that really binds um, communities and strengthens and um, uplifts the people in those communities, not only the, um, um, the folks who live there, uh, but as well uh, the, the folks who are involved in the creative act themselves right you know? right i mean because uh-huh. that that process of, of 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 healing and strengthening and affirming uh begins you know with uh though with the individual right you know um right. who, who who commits to uh uh to uh uh being involved in the um in the art of sound medicine mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. we, we could say you know so i want to you know and i, I you know i want to i want to really uh I want to bring those things together, those things of collectivity, you know, of community building, but also connect them to, um, the, you know, this, this, uh, this whole capacity of music to be what uh, Albert Island called a healing force in the universe. Okay, okay. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, you know, Hakeem Malabuti, I, n- I know you know him. Uh, he was here yeah. last night and uh, he spoke a little bit about that, that that whole process of of of, first of all, 
recognizing that that this is an opportunity for people, artistic minded people to express themselves. And a lot of times people Mm -hmm. hear music and and all they hear is the beat they hear, you know, might hear the vocals, uh, you know, and that kind of thing, the lyrics. But what they don't really get in touch with is what is what is this artist saying to me? What's what is what is in this artist's heart as he's or she is expressing themselves? You know, and I think that that's something that really, really needs to be addressed because a lot of times, especially with with our youth, you know, um, they they, they like beats. I mean, you know, I mean, there there are people that do that. I I wouldn't say for a living, but make money doing that. And that is a living, I suppose. Not a lot of people, but just making beats. You know what I mean? And I know Mm -hmm. it's an integral part of the of the music itself. But the reality of it is, for me anyway, is that the most important aspect of the music is that we need to hear what it is that's being said. And I think that this is going to be an opportunity for us to really focus on that as opposed to just, you know, just uh, uh, really being gratified by the music, you know, and uh, and you well, well, go ahead. I mean, I mean, you know, the thing is this, man. I mean, I, I think that um, um, music in, I mean, in, in many cultures, like the instrumental music um, is a part. Uh, is the message, you know, exactly. is the, exactly. the conveyor uh-huh. of of a story, you know, of um, of um, a process of 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 uh, um, you know a sonic recovery, uh-huh. you know, recu- recuperation, you know. What I mean, so I wouldn't, you know, I mean, the thing is, I think we've just gotten to a point in terms of the musical diet, folks have been said now, where the only, in some ways, like the most powerful message is that coming from the drum. Mm-hmm. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. And drum is, is, is and, and rhythm, you know, has, has been like a binding force. It, it has been a voice when we had no other voice, mm-hmm. you know, in, ter- in terms of the culture. You know, but um, I think that, um, you know, as a certain, a certain degree of corporate um, control mm-hmm. over For sure. For sure, uh, the the commercial aspects of the music, uh-huh. you know, uh, has entered in a, in, a, in you know, in a, in a, in a, in a heavy-handed way, you know. I mean, I, I would say really around the, the turn of uh, the 21st century, mm-hmm. you know, um, where the boardroom started dictating, you know, um, literally uh, what kinds of material uh, were and were not going to be on uh, certain people's albums, you know? Right, I mean, it's, right. you know, it's a whole conversation you can have about <laughs> For sure. um, kind of the denigration of what we call skills across the spectrum, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. of, of, of uh, black music making. But, um, you know, I think that, um, you know, the, um, sometimes, like, the, you know, sometimes the culture just has to go underground. It has to take a fugitive route. You know, until it can like recover itself from a certain kind of kind of assault, certain kind of attack. You okay. know, figure out what its next its next uh, uh, plan or tactic of operation is going to be. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? And so, I mean, the thing is that, um, um, you know, what's beginning to happen now is that, um, you know, that that uh, that kind of control that we saw being dictated, you know, from from the boardroom to the streets is starting mm-hmm. to, you know, it's starting to crack, you know, it's starting to shatter that, you know, um, that glass window is starting to crack from the other side, you know, it's because younger artists are really stepping up 
and demanding to be heard. Okay. Um, you know, as as uh, spokespersons for their generation, and they're taking on the challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, of of their inheritance. You know what I mean. So I look at people like uh, J. Cole. I look at the Killer Mike. You know, I look at what D'Angelo is doing now. I look at what John Legend is mm-hmm. doing now. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're bringing you know radical, prophetic black content back to pop. You know, our popular music. Yeah. You know what I mean. Right. Um And so I mean, there's an insurgency, insurgency afoot. You know, and it's definitely, it's definitely been emboldened and empowered by what's been happening mm-hmm. in the street around Black Lives Matter, you know? Right, right. Um, you know, because um, all those great artists that we love that came through the 60s and 70s, they, they took their inspiration from, from the grassroots, mm-hmm. you know, from what, from what folks were, you know, doing, putting their, you know, putting their, putting their bodies and, and safety at risk at the barricades, you know, during the, during the movements of those times. I mean, those songs came out of, you know, um, the pressure right. that was put on the conscience of those artists, mm-hmm. you know, by the work that was being done in the street. Right. You know, it's right. Like, you know, I mean, how, you know, how are you going to just be singing about, you know, your, your, your broken, twisted love affair? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Right. When, right. when, when folks are getting their heads bashed in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, nonviolently protesting. Right. You know, right. I got to you. Exist, to have, to, to have, a venue for free expression. So, you know, I want to, you know, I, I want to acknowledge, I want to recognize, you know, what's happening right now. Mm-hmm, like, for right, sure. Right, right now. For sure. You know what I mean? For like, sure. Not, you know, because it's very different from what I would, if, if we had done this, like, two years ago, I might have had a different message. I got you. You know, five years ago, I might have had a different message. I got you. But right now, I'm very optimistic. Okay. Okay. That's yeah, that's real yeah. good to hear. Real good to hear. Yeah, and, yeah. and 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 being optimistic, um, is that is that because of the changes that have taken place? Because I I think that for myself anyway, uh, I've become more uh serious about the seriousness of our situation. You know, and 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 looking at it from that perspective, still still feeling that. I mean, there's always, as far as I'm concerned, there's always a way. There's always going to be a way. But because of the things that have happened in the past few years, you know, I think it's time that everybody get on board and and do what is necessary. You know, to make things the way that they could and should be. You know, and and well, and I look well, at. Go ahead. Okay, I mean, I mean, I hear you. Uh-huh. With that. And uh-huh. I and I totally agree. But I, I also. Um, remember uh, the, 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 the adage of the movement freedom is the road seldom traveled by the multitude. I think that's the right. opening of public exactly. enemies, uh, mm-hmm. nation of millions, right? Right. Um, you know, and if we want to look at, like, out of the thousands of young black folks who were in college, say, in 1963, I mean, the numbers who actually participated in the Freedom Riders movement was, like, I mean, <laughs> fractional. Yeah, you know for sure. I mean? But but those people change that those commit those folks who came out and those folks who came out, you know, and those folks who supported those who came to the march on Washington, you know, by taking care of kids and the whole night, you know, back home. I mean, um, it's a fraction of us, but it, it's like, you know, as 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 a brother pointed out to me, even in terms of uh, athletics, it's like you don't need a whole lot of us to change the game. You know, no, you it takes no, not at got, all. You got, you know what I mean. But so I mean, in some ways, it's not, it's not, it's not a game of numbers. It is, it is a game of, uh, of, uh, 
of commitment and, and, and showing up and, and, um, and consistency, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, for um, sure. you know, and that, and that's what I love too about, you know, what happened initially in Ferguson, mm-hmm. you know, where, I mean, folks just wouldn't get out of the street, you right. know, and that spread to the way, you know, folks, you know, uh, began to rally around, um, um, you know, the, the martyrdoms of, of, of Mike Brown and, and, and Eric Garner and the Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe. You know what I mean? And those, you know, it's like it's, it's the consistent. It is about repetition mm-hmm. of those messages. And, um, you know, and, you know, uh, all praises to, you know, I mean, the, you know, the, uh, you know, brothers like, uh, you know, LeBron and D Wade and those cats, you know what I mean, for, for using their platform just to be, you know, um, um, a, uh, a conveyor. Uh-huh, of those messages uh-huh. in 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 mass culture in mass media, you know what I mean? Because because um, I know you know, look, man, it's it's, it's like here, you know, um, you know, you from Chicago, you know, I'm, I'm in New York, so you know, we come from powerful black communities, for sure. you know what I mean, with, with long histories of struggle, you know what I mean? Where, um, you know, it's like I I walk I can't walk to Brooklyn without stumbling over somebody, you know, who's been a comrade, a, you know, consistent comrade in the in the movement and was a comrade of the, you know, those icons mm-hmm. that, that we all speak of, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm sure you, you know, you know, similar, you know, that similar kind of Pan-African community, you know, longstanding in Chicago, but you know, man, look, man, the rest of our folks, man, they, they're getting their information from mass media, you know what right. I mean? Um, you know, they're getting it from their own experience, but in terms of what's going on in terms of, you know, uh, this oppositional struggle, you know, I mean, they're definitely, you know, they're, what they're going to get is what's going to come through that mass media. So, you know, and it's why it's important that, you know, we have these artists, you know, who have that platform and these athletes who have that platform to be about the repetition, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, of those messages and, and to and to help import the seriousness of the moment to folks. And because um, um, more than anything, you know, like, yeah, it'd be great for everybody to get on board, but more than anything, man, you know, you just want folks to be aware, to not be behind the curve, you know what I mean? Like, we're already behind the eight ball, but, you know, it's like, just don't, don't be behind the curve in terms of just, just knowing about what kind of struggles are taking place on, you know, on, on, on all of our behalf. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think what I what I what I really am trying to express is the fact exactly what you said, you know, to to make people aware, which is why I think this this thing that's going to happen on the weekend is so important, because whether people participate or not, being aware of something makes a change in for me anyway, a change in consciousness. You know, because if if you're ignorant of something, then you're in one spot. But if you're aware of it, whether you respond to it or not, you're still aware of it. And that that you know, alters your consciousness to some degree. And that's really what yeah. I was, you know, what I was speaking yeah. to, you yeah. know, and yeah. Greg, well, I, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's the fervor, you know what I mean? And the consistency of, of, you know, people's engagement with, mm-hmm. um, with struggle in, in, you know, since last August, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Uh-huh. That, that makes me optimistic. It's like, Hey, black folks are in the street. I know something is about to shift in this culture. You know, right. I mean, there's always going to be resistance because, you know, I mean, you know, look at what the foundation of America is built on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In terms of, uh, you know, in terms of slavery, in terms of native genocide, in terms of, you know, European embryo, you know, worker oppression, 
You know, I mean, it's it's it's, it's built on theft and betrayal and exploitation. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, um, so and the folks who are holding on to those to those cookies, you know, they're not, you know, the 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 you know the uh, the spoils. You know, of their war on the world. You know, they're, they're not. They're not. They, they're working twenty four seven to hold on to that. That's why they got a CIA. You know, CIA. Sure. You know, they don't sleep. Right. You know what Absolutely. I mean? CIA, NSA. <laughs> you know what I mean? Homeland Security. You know, uh, the Carlisle Group. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, like these are these are minor. These are the real minorities. Yeah, on the yeah, planet, yeah. they're, they're quaking fear, right, of, right, of, of 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 the majority. You know, saying we're coming for ours. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, so you know, so it's you know, I mean, it, it's optimism tempered by the challenge that we have before us, right, right. Know? But but I mean, you know, that's been consistent. You know, like we, you know, we move this thing forward every generation by a certain number of 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 increments. Yeah, you know. Hey, 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 Greg! Do, yeah. do 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 this for me, man. Uh, you yeah. you've written quite a few books. What I want you to do, I would love for you to do, man, is just to take one of those books that you've written and kind of yeah. relate it to what's going on this coming weekend. Just a little short, some some. Oh. <laughs> well, um, uh, there's a book I did. I edited in an anthology in in 2004. Okay, it was called um, Everything But the Burden. What white people have taken from black culture? Oh my goodness! And that was uh, that was a random house book. Okay. And um, and that was um, a book really looking at this issue of um, of uh, appropriation and influence uh-huh. in terms of black culture, and also looking at kind of the the apprehension okay. that that black 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 culture provokes. Uh-huh. You know um, when it's um, concertedly um, identified and engaged with, like, you know, uh, progressive struggle, you know. Okay. Um, so in that book, I mean, we're, and we're looking, there's 19 essays in that book, and so folks are looking at this thing from a lot of different angles in terms of the impact of of African-American culture on on uh, people throughout the world. You okay. Know? So, um, you know, we're looking at, there's an essay in there that looks at the impact that the black presence has had in some, on science fiction films, uh-huh. right? So it's like sometime around as, as you know, Black Power, Black Panther movement is gaining force and presence, and you know, you start to see uh, these films come out of Hollywood talking about Planet of the Apes, right? You know, and, right. And you know, you look at a 2001: A Space Odyssey, you know, that, that has like a, you know, like a. Um, a floating black apparition that is the source of, of universal transformation. Uh-huh. You know, and it, you got, uh, you got Darth Vader, <laughs> another black presence in Star Wars. You know, you got the alien that comes forth, you know, uh, in that film, which is based, you know, which a lot of people don't know that, uh, inside the alien suit was a, uh, a seven foot Sudanese brother. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, who was, yeah. that was based on a Yoruba map. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, um, so you know, you, you know, you, we, you know, we, and you know, there's another essay in there um, where a brother looks at how um, there were white kids who were drawn to to hip hop, you know, through the Wu Tang Clan and through uh, some of the five percent, other five percent rappers, you know, who ended up becoming jihad. 
you know, converted to Muslim Islam through hip hop and then became involved with 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 the GI movement. You know what I mean? So, you know, um you know, I mean there's just a lot of lot of different angles mm-hmm. that um that uh that folks approach in terms of looking at this question. Okay. In terms of how people, how lives have been transformed. Okay. You know, okay. Uh, okay. by black people's presence, black 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 people's culture, black people's philosophy black people's radical opposition to struggle. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Another thing, man, that I, you know, I, I found out j- just recently uh, from Nicole Mitchell and uh, that you do conduction. <laughs> Tell us a little yeah. bit about that, man, because I think that's a that's a phenomenal uh, con- concept. And, and I, I would, you know, I personally like to hear it from you, and I'm sure the audience would as, as mm-hmm. well. All right. Well, conduction was, uh, invented by um, our dearly departed brother Lawrence Bush Morris. And uh, uh, Brother Morris uh, left us a couple years ago. Um, but he developed this system um, as a way of bringing conducting into improv- improv- improvisational music. Right? And as he told me, he said um, he was taking a traditional class in European concert conducting. Uh-huh. And he said to the teacher, so if we're dealing with some information on page three of a Mozart score, um, but uh, I want to leap ahead to page 25, or I want to go from page 25 back to page three, you know, how do I do that? And the professor told him, said, well, there's no way to do that. Well, he said, well, this is what I want to do, so I've got to figure out a way. Oh, my goodness. That. Okay. And so um, over the course of about, 10 years, he developed um, about 25 to 30 um, hand signals and baton gestures uh-huh. that give him, they give the conductor, the conductioneer, as it were, uh, the same flexibility um, or as close as one could imagine uh, to someone sitting at a piano working out an arrangement uh, or someone uh, rehearsing an arrangement with a band, except that the way conduction works is you can take you can take ten musicians who don't even speak English <laughs> and all play different instruments. Okay, and play I mean play the complete arsenal of instruments. I mean from uh, traditional handmade instruments to all the instruments of the of the of the symphonic orchestra, all the instruments of the traditional jazz band all the new instruments that we have that involve computers and laptops and uh, contact mics and samplers and drum machines. You can make a band out of folks who represent all those traditions and they don't even have to speak the same language. All they have to do is, through interpretation, know what the conductor's cues are and we can make unified music. That's we amazing. Can a, we can give you a concert of music that's never been rehearsed before that's spectacular. Yeah, you know, you, using the flexibility of the system, wow, you know, of of conduction, mm-hmm. you know, and at the same time, though, it's not limited to um, completely improvised music. You can use it uh, with scored music, with uh, with any. Uh, you can use it with with you know uh, multiple pages of of of, uh, of arranged, you know, notated mm-hmm. music. You know what I mean? But you can use it as a way to open that music up. I got you. You know what I, I mean? You. To like right. create, you know, to as per Butch's question to his professor, you know, decades ago, uh, can take that Mozart score and make that a platform for 
improv, improv improvised composition and development. Wow. You know? So in my band, we've been together since 1999, okay. you know, about 15, 16 years. Uh-huh. And so we adopt, we adopted elements of Butcher's system mm-hmm. uh, to the way we want it to work because what we wanted to do with this band and, you know, people will get, people who come to the concert on Saturday will hear this, is um, we want to play music across the spectrum of of of, uh, of genre. Okay. You know, like, so, you know, you're going to hear in our music, you know, you, you're going to hear, um, you will hear, you know, uh, references to Miles Davis and uh-huh, David Bowie uh-huh, and James uh-huh. Brown. I and got you, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Rufus yeah. And Chaka Khan and Sun Rock. Oh, and man. We actually, and in terms of those, we actually do, we also do concerts that are singularly devoted to the music of those people. So I got, got you. I got a you. A whole two-hour theatrical production of James Brown's music, of Sunrise mm-hmm, music, mm-hmm. of Steely Dan and David Bowie and, wow. you know, Miles' music, too. So, um, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of license, a lot of flexibility we take with, with the whole notion of form and genre. My you know? man. And, and, you know, we try to bring the ruckus. Wow. Too. You know what I mean? So it's not an academic exercise. Right, you right. You know, there's, there's, you know, there's like, you know, um, you know, we got, you know, we got, we got some skin in the fight, you know, flesh and blood. <laughs> you know my I mean? man, my man. You know. You wow. Know. Man, as, as, as always, you know, when you're having fun, it's, it, the time always passes and it's, it's, oh, it's no that doubt. time. No yeah, doubt. yeah, yeah. And, uh, but yeah. I'm, 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 I'm real excited about, about, uh, Saturday, man. You're going to get here Saturday, right? Or Friday. Actually, I'm coming in tomorrow, man. Oh, good, I'm man. Good. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, we'll yeah, get a yeah, chance yeah, to hook yeah, up yeah, early. Yeah, That's yeah, real good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, so, and, I'm, so I'm, I'm coming. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm ahead. Of, I'm, a, I'm coming ahead of the band. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I want, yeah, I want to, yeah. I want to remind everybody, man, that on Saturday from nine thirty to ten thirty, you're gonna give the keynote address. So they're gonna, people that listen today, you're gonna get even more on Saturday from nine thirty to ten thirty from Greg Tate, and that's gonna be in yeah, the Contemporary yeah. Arts Center, uh, the CAC Colloquium Room on Saturday again from nine thirty to ten thirty, and then um, from three thirty to four thirty. Uh, there's going to be a, a workshop with Burnt Sugar, with Greg and Burnt Sugar. That's the orchestra you right. was talking about developing in 1999. And, uh, right. and you guys are going to get an opportunity to sit there and, 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 and discuss, you know, or hear at least the discussion of conduction. You know, and I know yeah. you got a little oh, taste we, of oh, it we're today. Gonna, gonna demonstrate, so oh, I mean, demonstrate as well. In, oh, beautiful, man. Oh, okay, y'all heard that. <laughs> bring an instrument. Put the word out. Put the word out. You're going to yeah. learn I mean, how to I, I don't do know some conduction. the room is, but, you know. Yeah, we're going to make it work, it, man. You know, yeah, we're going to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Come on in and make a joyous noise with us. All right. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then from 4.45 to 5.45, you're a busy guy, man. Uh, there's going to be a panel discussion with the artists that are going to be here, and that's going to be moderated by Greg. And, again, that's in the colloquium room as well. And then at 8 o'clock p.m., you're going to hear from Greg uh, uh, with music. And, and that's going to be a wonderful, wonderful show. And uh, the whole afternoon, the whole day, Friday, Saturday, you might get a chance to see Greg on Thursday even. That's tomorrow. And that'll be great. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, well, I want he, you guys he, he to, to do that. A brother's already uh, eating his Wheaties. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hey, man, I uh, I so appreciate you taking your time out, man, from your from your busy schedule all the way in New York yes, to talk to us here in California, and then we yeah, welcome you, you with open arms, man. Uh, on Thursday, before you even get here, we're gonna welcome you now, man. So, uh, uh, we look forward to seeing you, man. And I again, I'm all just right. so grateful to 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 be able to talk with you prior to the show and no, the presentations that are gonna be so done. Much for me on, oh, no Thank problem you. at all, man. And we'll talk right. uh, definitely Thursday tomorrow. All right, looking forward. Okay, Thank man. You. you too. Okay, you guys. Uh, again, that was Greg Tate, and uh, as I said, he'll be here. He'll, well, you heard him. He'll be here tomorrow, and uh, the concert, uh, the the whole production, as a matter of fact, starts on Friday, and. Um, it's um, uh, the Urban Music Conference, Black Urban Music Conference, and I want everybody, everybody to come out and 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 just take a look at what it is that's being conveyed uh, to to people outside of the black culture, you know, and 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 how uh, it's being integrated, you know, because we talked about integration long, long time ago, y'all, real long time ago, and we talking about people being integrated, but you can still, as Haki Manabutsu uh, talked about last night, go to Chicago, go to New York, go right here in, in L.A., you know, and see that people are still segregated. People are still living in communities that, are, that have a common culture in that particular community. Music, on the other hand, brings all cultures together. Together. As Greg just said, you know, uh, uh, there can be people from from that don't even speak the language that can be able to collaborate and, and put out a sound that everybody can enjoy. So you guys come on out and witness this. And that's the, the, the UCI Black Urban Music Conference. And it's going to start uh, Friday. And for students, it's free, y'all free. Everything is free. You know, and for the public, everything is free except the two concerts on Friday night and Saturday night. And those are going to be, well, I can't even uh, say how much, but they're not free. <laughs> so uh, Friday from 4 to 6, there'll be a film, film screaming and a discussion on the long road to the Hall of Fame with Moroccan filmmaker Reda Zine. And Malik Farrakhan, who's the subject of the film, is going to... Um, be president and legendary rap artist and composer Chuck D. I know y'all know Chuck D. He's going to be here as well. And then at 8 p.m., the Afro soul singer Ugoji from Chicago, she's called the African Butterfly, is going to uh, do a, a concert along with L.A.'s Afrobeat leaders, Agentoten Family Band. And that's going to be held in the Winifred Smith Hall at 8 o'clock. Saturday, we got a full day, 9 to 9.30. is going to be mingling and snacks, and that's going to be in the Contemporary Arts Center in the outreach room. And then, as I said, from 9.30 to 10.30, we got Greg Tate doing a keynote address. 10.30 to 11.15, we got an interview with Najite and Ugoji. And Najite, that's the family that we were talking about. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful drummer. You, Oh, man, it's, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, 11.15 to 11.50, uh, they're going to present, uh, you know, uh, the guest uh, that's going to be in the colloquial room as well and then Roz G is going to do a presentation at 12 o'clock and then Riot who's out of uh, California I believe you know she's going to be here and she's uh, she's not black y'all she's uh, she's Caucasian but you you definitely want to uh, uh, get a get a, a chance to to listen to her and her presentation from 2 30 to 3 30 and then uh, 3 30 to 4 30 as I said the conduction workshop with the burnt sugar orchestra leader um, and the orchestra as well. 
and then uh, you guys going to get a break from 4.30 to 4.45, really short break, and you're going to come right back to a panel discussion with the artist. This is going to be moderated by Greg Tate. That's also in the CAC colloquium room from 545 to 6 o'clock are going to be the closing remarks, you know, on the conference. And then you got from 6 to 8 to do what you want to do. But then come on back at 8 p.m. to the concert featuring Greg Tate's Burnt Sugar Orchestra. And that's going to be in the Winifred Halls, Winifred Smith Hall as well. Um, man, I'm 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 real excited. Hope you guys a uh, uh, turn out turn up and turn out you know what i mean and uh it's gonna be a wonderful wonderful occasion for all of us so uh let's get together y'all and and make something happen you know let's make something happen uh this is calvin and you're listening to kuci 88.9 fm in irvine uh it's the uh the uh black talk radio show and i'm gonna be coming back in just a minute with a, a blog i wrote and had the opportunity to share with um, Haki Matabuti, and I, if you didn't get a chance to hear him last night, you're going to hear a little bit of him today uh, when we come back. So you guys just 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 hold on to your hats, and we'll be right back. Okay, uh, again, Calvin, and this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You've accessed the Black Talk Radio Show, and we're bringing you social commentary from an African-American perspective. I have to let you know that the views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. If you want to find out more about this show and others, please log on to KUCI.org. Okay, uh, as I said, uh, we're going to take a listen to this blog that I wrote, and uh, I'm going to get a little commentary from Haki Matabuti. And uh, I'm, I'm, what happened was that he was here last night. He did a, a talk last night, and uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to get with him before the talk, and I asked him, I said, Haki, what I would really like for you to do, man, is take a listen to, to, to one of my blogs, which I'm going to be uh, airing on the program tomorrow, and give us a little input into in terms of what the what the topic is. So this is a recording um, and uh, I want you guys to, you know, just to, to, to give it a listen. And um, uh, maybe if you, you know, after having listened, I'm definitely going to come back and maybe I can get a call or two from you guys and, and some input in, as to how you felt about it as well. So here we go. Okay, this is Calvin and uh, this is the second half of the Black Talk radio show. And as you guys already know, I do a blog every week. And uh, what's going to happen is that I, I, I read the blog and then give you a little input into how it is that I came about doing it and what it entails. 
in terms of the point I'm trying to make. But we're going to do things a little differently today because I have a a guy here. Uh, his name is Haki Malabuti, and he's an, an author, a lecturer. Um, he started a, a, some 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 schools in the city of Chicago, um, and uh, he's going to be speaking tonight, as a matter of fact, at UCI, and going to be discussing some things that I think of our utmost importance. But what I asked him to do as a friend is to, like you guys, listen to this blog that I wrote and give me some idea of how he feels about the content of that blog and perhaps to uh, express some of the things he's feeling in, uh, in regard to what the topic is. Um, the name of this particular blog is A Thorn by Any Other Name. And let me get started. Believe me, y'all, I'm just as tired of talking about racism as you are listening to it. But I'm going to continue doing so as long as it rears its ugly head in my presence and takes time out to speak personally to me. People can call it what they want, but the fact of the matter is we've allowed a phantom of an idea that we won't even talk honestly and earnestly about to compromise our existence. We're at a point now where we don't even recognize that it's leading to our collective demise while convincing some of us that it doesn't even exist and subsequently causing us to feel that there's no need to take any action to offset it. I totally concur with Audrey Smetley, who in November 1997 edition of the Anthropology Newsletter posted the following from her article entitled, The Origin of the Idea of Race. And she said, contemporary scholars agree that race was a recent invention and that it was essentially a folk idea not a product of scientific research and discovery. This is not new to anthropologists. Since the 1940s when Ashley Montagu argued against the use of the term race in science, a growing number of scholars in many disciplines have declared that the real meaning of race in American society has to do with social realities, quite distinct from physical variations in the human species. I argue that race was institutionalized beginning in the 18th century as a worldview, a set of culturally created attitudes and beliefs about human group differences. When my wife and I returned at the airport on our way home from Strasbourg, France, we found that it was literally situated in three countries, France, Switzerland, and Germany. Yet this phenomenon did not diminish the unpleasant yet not surprising reminders encountered while in the airport that racism abides far outside of our immediate surroundings. As I've stated before, my intent is to recognize a person's humanness prior to assuming their racial stance, but it's rather difficult when people stare at you as if you're in a cage, feign an inability to speak English with you, but manage to com communicate with another of Caucasian persuasion in that same language, all accompanied by innate, innate and covertly unspoken tirades of, you don't belong here. What I see taking place all over the globe is racially triggered responses instigated by socially accepted myths and presuppositions. I speak to all white folks when I say, stop denying that you have privilege, unequivocally acquired by virtue of your skin color, and use it to counteract some of the inequity that exists all over the world. I'm not asking you to risk life or limb in the process, but if you witness discrimination, at least acknowledge its existence 
and allow your sense of righteousness provoke you into doing whatever you can to address it. I implore us black folks to quit using the mindset of it's the white man's fault and we're entitled to reparations, to make excuses for not going that extra mile and vow to make a concerted effort to research, study, and brainstorm on what role we're playing and not having what we believe we should, and then ascertain what we need to do in order to obtain what is rightfully ours. I'm not omitting other cultures from the equation because you too will have your opportunities to play a major role in this dilemma we all face on a daily basis. But take it from one of the most visible, viable, and major targets of prejudicial behavior. Prejudicial behavior. If we don't do something now, we'll pay later on down the line. You see, all we have is our special something that will contribute to the well-being of others. And if we don't come to some type of collaboration on what that something is, we'll all continue to merely exist while sacrificing an opportunity to share fully productive lives for ourselves and our posterity. I'll holler. Okay, y'all, that was it. And as I say, I have Brother Haki here. And I just want to ask you, as, a, as an author, a poet, uh, educator, uh, in terms of, 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 of racism, how do you see it uh, compared to what it was like 40 years ago and what it's like today? And is there any reason that we should even uh, try to do something to address it? Well, it's more institutionalized today than it was when I was coming up and involved in you know, more street struggle than I am today. Uh, but I, I, I prefer to kind of bring these definitions up to uh, the 21st century. Okay. What we're talking about is essentially white supremacy. Mm -hmm. And white supremacy is based upon the philosophy of white nationalism, which is based upon the philosophy that was created by very few white people. Uh, keep in mind that white people, uh, say, coming out of Europe, especially Northern Europe, uh, are less than 8 or 9% of the world's population. Okay. But they have been able to essentially define themselves uh, at every level of human involvement and putting themselves at the top of the, uh, the pyramid. And as a result of that, have used uh, their white skin privilege and white skin power through the use of the development of technology at a very high level and moved around the world and colonialized much of the world. I mean, black people did not arrive in the Americas uh, because we walked on water. <laughs> right. That essentially a, a, a group of people uh, essentially came to a continent and raped that continent. Now, prior to, the, to black pe white people raping the continent, we must understand that Arabs had raped the continent too. Mm -hmm. Using uh, Islam and then, of course, uh, the uh, Europeans using Christianity. Right. You bring the Bible and, 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 and took the land. But uh, all of this has had to do with imperialism, colonialism. And it has to do with it, it, the whole economic structure of uh, Western uh, imperialism. So what you're saying in context, I think, has a, a lot of truth to it. And uh, is essentially how things exist today. Mm -hmm. But what I would carry it to is that why is it, does it still exist? What, 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 what value was our struggle? Uh, is our struggle. I'm only talking about the uh, the, the, the coming out of uh, apartheid America, coming out of uh, uh, what would I say, Jim Crow, you know, Jane, Jane and Jim Crow, mm -hmm. uh, coming out of uh, 
the pre-laws, uh, uh, especially Brown versus Board of Education, where essentially black people have been fighting and others fighting to get into this system, uh, but could not ever really move in at a serious level because we're not owners. I think that we have to realize that essentially what motivates white people <coughs> and those persons who run this bad boy is, is that part of it has to be with the economy. You see, when Europeans came to what is now the United States or the Americas, they literally came in and started wiping out nations of people. Okay. Wiping out people whom they renamed Indians. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. And so today we have less than 1% of 1% of the population who are still Native Americans, our first, first nation people. And so they come, Europeans come, wipe them out, want them to work the land. Well, they say, you're taking our land. We're not going to work it too. <clears throat> you see, so we go get the Africans. Mm -hmm. All right. And so the Africans basically uh, 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 were brought here to work the land for Europeans. Now, you must understand, essentially, the, the, the wealth that has been created over the last 400 years started on the backs of Africans. Right. This is why there's the whole question of reparations. Mm -hmm. All right. That you work. See, I, you, anybody can build a nation if you got people working free for you, millions of people mm -hmm. working free for you. Anybody can build that. I mean, mm -hmm. like that. So the whole question of enslavement is a very serious economic, moral, all right, social, cultural question. And and don't let anybody fool you talking about uh, if Lincoln gave us emancipation. Right? No, no, no. We fought for our own emancipation. We fought in the Civil War. That was the first revolution black people were involved in and where we actually began to fight against the South for our, our own freedom. Nobody give us nothing. So what I'm saying to kind of bring it up to date is that any people who are in control of their own cultural imperatives is about the essentially healthy replication of themselves. But one does not move to in, a, in an arena of healthy replication unless you know who you are. Mm. If you don't know who you are, anybody can name you and they mm -hmm. will. Mm -hmm. So you got, you know, you got Thomas, you got, you know, Bill, <laughs> you got, you know, you got Jimbo, you got T -Day, TJ and all this <laughs> stuff out here. So the key point is that when you look at the people who are, are controlled their own culture and imperatives, the first thing they do, they name themselves. Okay. You see? And then you begin to move. So I say, what, what, what do I use on a daily basis? Well, let's say I eat greens. Well, I need to start growing some greens. Mm -hmm. I need to go hold control the whole market of greens coming at least into the black community. What else do I use on a, you know, on a daily basis? Well, I use toothpaste. You know what I'm so I'm saying the point is that people who understand economics are about controlling areas of the economy that everybody uses. Okay? And, and the one thing that we have that essentially we don't control is our music. You know, okay. It's, it's, it's critical. I mean, the, the music is still controlled by people who don't make the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, we another level of control. I'm saying that that would be that in terms of the culture would be say say football or basketball. Eighty percent of the basketball players and seventy nine and seventy five percent of the football players are black. Mm -hmm. How many teams are owned by black people? Right. Now people that say that, that well Michael Jordan owns team. Well Michael Jordan is a part owner of the team. You know you know see, he he may be the controlling ownership, but I'm I'm damn sure that you got other white people up in there on that owning the, the team that he owns also. But that is only one person. And when you begin to talk about economy and talk about development, you have to understand that first and foremost, we all do what we've been taught to do. Most black people in America have been taught to hate themselves, mm -hmm. to hate themselves. And so, and so 24 seven, 
looking at over a thousand commercials a day, most of these commercials are telling you to hate yourself. Okay. And so when you cannot get out of that lock, then nothing's going to happen. Because our responses will always be reactive rather than proactive. Now, people do not become proactive until they know who they are, where they are, why they got, how they got here, and what we must do while we're here. And so you can use the Jews as an example. The Jews have basically got to the point where not only do they know who they are, they understand that in order to begin to move and function at a livable and at a humanistic way, they got to control the actions of their own children, their own culture. They got to have their own synagogues. And what happens in the synagogue is not only spiritual, but it's all it's all economic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what happens in our churches, for the most part, is spiritual and maybe economic for that minister, but not for the community. That's mm. a profound difference there. Yeah. Let me ask you something. In terms of, of reacting to racism, what I'm hearing in essence is that, you, you know, it's, it's more about uh, being proactive in determining who you are and what you're going to do with what you have. Is, pro- is, is, that's is, is true, kind of but the I'm problem hearing. is that, that <coughs> one has got to begin to understand who he or she is mm-hmm. at birth. Oh, okay. See, I mean, it's one thing to find out, well, I'm black and I'm 40 years old. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, had all these babies, you know, messed right. up all these sisters and everything, they took care of none of your children. Uh-huh. Wow, I'm black, all right? No, that's why we started building schools in Chicago in 1969. Okay. All right? We got four schools. Mm-hmm. We got a preschool, we got two K-3H, we got a high school. We service over 1,000 children a day in an African-centered education. So from preschool, we're teaching these children the most important thing about themselves that they need to know, they need to love themselves. Okay. And okay. You, you teach the children to love themselves, then you, you, you layer that knowledge about what's, what's positive about themselves, and then you layer that knowledge about the world. Mm-hmm. What most black people do not realize in this country, we're dealing with empire. Okay. See, America is not some little nation. Mm-hmm. America is an empire. And that is how it's functioning. And the, one of the reasons that the, there's the right wing and some of the left wing are jumping so badly on Obama is because they don't want no black person running this empire. I got you. you I got you. You know, so I, I see your time is coming down. But, I, I, but the point I'm trying to make is that we cannot do anything as a people until we know that we're people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that there's a whole history behind that. Our history did not start with enslavement. Our history started thousands of years ago on the continent of Africa. And there was a time when Africa ruled the world. Right. Africans ruled the world. Right, right. But we don't have any knowledge of that. So therefore, you think that essentially history started here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, so we respond. And I don't use racism. I'm white supremacy. It's white supremacy. It's white nationalism, you see. And see, why, white people are so slick, they accuse you of being a racist. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and that's not possible. Right. Because you don't control the right. institutions. Right, right. Right. Yeah. I can't tell you whether you can go to UIC or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Haki, I just want to ask you one more thing, and uh, and then I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm gonna close on this part of it. Um, students are here at, at 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 UIC, I mean UCI, and uh, what's happening is that they're completely dissatisfied with the way things are going on campus, and they feel that there's that something needs to be done, which of course is the case. What I'm hearing is that you have to address yourself first, figure out who you are, and then, then perhaps, and then after that, you tell me what do you do after that. Once you sit down with yourself and discuss it. I think the first thing always is that somebody preceded them. Okay. 
They will find out though who those persons are who preceded them that mm-hmm. allowed them to come to this institution. Okay. They didn't get here because white people said, "Oh, we need some black people." Mm-hmm. No. They got here because black people fought to get them there. Okay. Now they need to contact these black people and understand their strategies and what they use in order to get them there mm-hmm. for us to open up these universities where it's more, much more functional for us and other black people and people who are not white mm-hmm. come here. Okay. Right? There's a strategy. Call somebody. It's not a strategy. Okay. All right. Okay. All that says is that you don't know how to use a language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the key point is is that 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 those of us who've been in struggle, and I've been in struggle for fifty years myself. Right. Is that there's a mechanism. I would never go to a university and tell somebody that you know you need to go out and you know tear this place up. I got children. My boys are engineers, mm-hmm. and they came through Northwestern. Mm-hmm. And they they did not just come through Northwestern going to school. They they shook that place up. Okay. But they got their degrees. I got you. You see what I'm saying? I got you. And that's what that's what the, the, the mamas and fathers who sent these kids here, the first and foremost thing, if you want to be the baddest thing on campus, let me show me your A's. Oh, show wow. Your A's, that's right? Yeah, that's first. Then you can leave that's me first. someplace. Okay. If you're coming through here and just barely got D's and C's, I'm not going to listen to you. Mm-hmm. You might be the baddest rapper around here. Well, you need to get out there and rap, but don't be trying to lead me through this place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Uh, man, I, I, um, that, 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 that really, really, really helped me with, uh, with my, uh, the, the, the way I, I see things, you know, and I think that we all should, you know, make a, a conscious effort to, uh, to listen to others, to, uh, 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 to share with others, you know, give our input and that kind of thing. And, uh, and, 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 and be able to learn a lot that we just, just don't know. There's a lot of ignorance going around and, and it's not just, you know, I'm not going to give it to just one culture. There's a lot of ignorance and there's information out here to be had we need to take advantage of it uh, I thank you guys for listening and as always and I just want you to stay tuned because Tona is going to come on in just a couple of minutes and she's going to be doing a serendipitous love for film and that's going to be from 5 to 6 p.m. right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine okay looking forward to Tona y'all <laughs>